0: Welcome to the most accurate podcast here at 444 Football. As always, for the Monday night waivers preview pod, I'm your host, John Daigle, here to preview, of course, the week 11 waiver wire article waiting for you at 444.com by Monday afternoon every single week. The drop list, free for all. But after that, prioritize rankings, contingency top 10, which we'll get into at the end, everything else available to you and our subs. But, before we begin, a reminder, this episode, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Sleeper, one of the fastest-growing, customizable fantasy football platforms in the industry. And when I pull up my Sleeper app for my teams on there, and I click to add a player, I am going to the Sleeper Waiver Wire Pickup of the Week, first and foremost, in Isaiah Pacheco. Because what we saw, with Clyde de Rosler being eliminated from this backfield altogether, Edwards Lair now, his share of backfield touches has dipped in six consecutive games, resulting in last week's season-low zero touches on just four snaps. On the other hand, it was Pacheco who emerged with A season-high 94% of this team's running back carries on a season-high 56% of snaps. Also, Jarrett McKinnon, as the conversion-down receiving back right behind him, recording back-to-back season highs in target share, 11.5% two weeks ago, 22.8% a season-high mark against the Jaguars. This has become a two-headed backfield ahead of the fantasy playoffs. And remember, our adjusted fantasy points allowed tool For the fantasy playoffs projects this Chiefs backfield with the seventh softest schedule from weeks 14 through 18 facing the Texans who of course we all want our running backs against the Seahawks the Raiders and the Broncos twice in between. So if we are predicting favorable game scripts where we don't even think Jarrett McKinnon will be on the field right against the Texans against the Raiders against the Broncos who if the Chiefs are just outright otherworldly better than, that's why we want Isaiah Pacheco for the fantasy playoffs. That is why it is very clear that we should pick up Pacheco, the sleeper waiver pickup of the week, as our RB2 for the fantasy playoffs, McKinnon as an RB2 or flex option for deeper PPR leagues, given that he's carved out that role, and then, of course, drop Clyde evers moving forward. When I'm diving deeper, though, because maybe Pacheco is already stashed in your league, The sleeper of the week is none other than Christian Watson, who everyone saw his performance as just the second rookie ever to record three touchdowns against the Cowboys. The other being, of course, for us boomers who are old enough to remember, Randy Moss on Thanksgiving Day in 1998. And Christian Watson did this three-touchdown performance on only four catches for 26.7 yards per catch. Aaron Rodgers in that game totaled 20 pass attempts in overtime for 11.2 yards per attempt after averaging 6.6 yards per attempt and nine starts prior. All that information tells you this likely isn't sustainable. And we shouldn't trust Christian Watson as a weekly wide receiver one moving forward. But what we do want to trust and what we care about for fantasy is the usage. And what Watson's usage showed was 84% of snaps, a season high mark, a route on 84% of dropbacks, his most since week one, and then the biggest mark, a season, a team-high 40% target share. Also, if you look ahead at the Packers' schedule moving forward through the fantasy playoffs, that includes this upcoming Thursday against the Titans, who are allowing the third-most fantasy points per game to opposing wideouts. What we expect to be a negative game script going through the air against the Eagles, against the Bears, who, of course, Aaron Rodgers has historically owned, has a zip code in Chicago for him, A hapless Rams defense, an up-tempo game against the Dolphins, and then a Viking secondary allowing the third-highest explosive passing rate on the league. Everything sets up well for Christian Watson, given the usage, even if we expect it to be more spike-week production than consistently delivering 80-plus yards and a touchdown. But that is more than enough, especially in week 11, given how much fab we have left and given that we can't take it with us to the grave, no matter where we or our fantasy teams are going, more than enough to just spend the rest on him. If you need a running back, Isaiah Pacheco is your guy. But if you need a wide receiver, feel free to splurge your fab on none other than Christian Watson. And remember, head to sleeper.com or download the latest app today. Let's discuss Paris Campbell's resurgence because what we've seen now in his two starts with sam ellinger unusable for fantasy just three and a half targets per game with a 12.9 percent target share in those two performances but now matt ryan returns to the lineup and not only did paris campbell record a season high 32 percent target share tying michael pittman with nine targets for the team high mark But also Campbell now has a little bit of history with Matt Ryan and their last three games together. Campbell has averaged 10.5 targets and a 26% target share in those games. That is more than viable, especially with PPR leagues, given that we still question the ceiling of this Jeff Saturday Park Frazier offense, more than viable as long as Matt Ryan is under center to be a viable wide receiver three for PPR leagues moving forward. A player who you're likely... Picking up before Paris Campbell, though, is Rashad White. And yes, White's role was growing leading up to Sunday's performance in Munich because he handled 33% of Tampa Bay's backfield touches since week five. The issue was he was barely usable for fantasy in that span with just one top 38 finish in that stretch and none inside the top 30. Then in Munich, we saw the the role grow a little more. He started over Leonard Fournette, actually, but... Leonard Fournette, still in a timeshare, out-touched Rashad White 14-11 to the time that Fournette was injured in the third quarter. And that's when White went nuts, out-touching Keyshawn Vaughn 13-3 to the rest of the way, including being the only running back used on the Bucks' final possession. White rushed for four thirty four on that drive to ice the game. So with ESPN's Adam Schefter reporting that Leonard Fournette is not expected to miss any amount of time. I do believe this situation is more touch-and-go. It has more gray area than others would want you to perceive. It is not black and white. I expect Fournette and white to return in a timeshare, and thus I have white ranked behind Pacheco rest of season. But has white done enough now, both on the ground and as a team's pass catching back, to earn a timeshare a la Jalen Warren moving forward? I believe so. So, yes, Rashad White should be rostered, but in my opinion, not over Pacheco. And speaking of Jalen Warren, Pittsburgh did emerge from their bye as a run-heavy team with 32 running back carries between Najee Harris, who set a new season-high mark with 20 carries, and Warren, who handled a season-high 12 touches, and now has handled at least 37% of this team's backfield touches in back-to-back games. As we expected, Najee Harris isn't going away. This same regime drafted him number 24 overall just last year. It's too early to be a sunken cost. But we're seeing the juice that Warren gives, even seeing three or four running back targets with those 12 touches this past game against the Saints. So if this is what the Steelers are going to be now, an offense that wants to hide Kenny Pickett, who provided eight scrambles himself, then that is more than enough to give Warren RB three, RB four juice, Moving forward, especially in PPR leagues, since very clearly he is the pass-catching option over Najee Harris. So I rank them Pacheco, Rashad White, and then Jalen Warren moving forward. Lots of deep cuts that I want to get into this week. And you may ask, what happens to this Rams offense without Cooper Cup, who was diagnosed with a high ankle sprain, now expected to miss four to six weeks, and honestly may not even be returning or viable in the fantasy playoffs whatsoever. It's a very sad day. But we've seen Matthew Stafford, who we're expecting to be back from concussion protocol, attempt 60 passes in two games since Los Angeles' bye. And he's averaged 9.8 yards per attempt on targeting Cooper Cup and just 3.7 yards per attempt throwing to anyone else. So with less than four yards per play since their week seven bye in offense, a league low yards per play on the year and less than 20 points in five of their last six games, you want to know who to pick up to replace Cooper Cup? And my answer is don't. No Kyron Williams, no Ben Jefferson. Move on and find your production elsewhere. Another player I'm more than willing to drop is Chase Claypool because we saw Chase Claypool assume he learned the playbook his second game in. But not only did he run fewer routes against the Lions, remember, a one-score game throughout, Then his debut with the Bears. Claypool ran just eight routes, which was fewer than Darnell Mooney, Equinemius St. Brown, Dante Pettis, and Byron Pringle. Ran the fifth most routes among the receivers. And this is a team averaging just 23.5, pass attempts per game, and Justin Fields' five-game fantasy league winning stretch that he's pieced together. So Chase Claypool, we are definitely moving on from and I am more than confident moving on from Claypool with Nico Collins in particular, because Nico Collins, the team-high 37% target share, 10 targets this past week may stand out. But he's usurped Brandon Cooks the last three games together. 21 targets to Cooks, 20 in that span, and more importantly, 196 receiving yards to Cooks' 114 in those three contests. I believe Nico Collins is now the team's number one wide receiver and would easily swap Claypool for him. Darius Slayton is also someone who stands out because now he's quietly pieced together a top 36 performance among wide receivers in four of his last five games, a 20.9% target share in his last three games, and a team-high 2.4 yards per route run since he began earning a part-time role beginning in Week 4. We saw Kenny Galladay benched after his second drop in the first half. The Giants returned from the locker room against the Texans. Darius Slayton is instead on the field in two wide sets, and that very possession, he scores a 54-yard touchdown. More opportunity is a great thing for Darius Slayton. Thus, if you have Wondell Robinson, for instance, on your bench, I'm just swapping them outright. I am dropping Wondell Robinson and adding Darius Slayton, who is already producing more on limited time moving forward. Trey McBride is going to get notoriety on waiver wires. And on one hand, the usage was good in place of Zach Ertz, who's now expected to miss the rest of the year. McBride played 62 of 68 snaps, ran around on 76% of dropbacks. On the other hand, he saw just one target from Colt McCoy, and that's not a fluke. That's been Trey McBride this entire year. He's earned just four targets in nine games, and he's been targeted on an abysmal 4.4% of his routes run. So I understand running in tight end premium leagues to pick up Trey McBride, but I would just temper your expectations for a rookie tight end who has yet to produce anything when given the opportunity. And finally, ahead of the fantasy playoffs and late in the season, I know some of you winning teams out there are jostling your rosters and trying to figure out which running backs to stash. And I will tell you, I will not give it all away. That's for everyone else at 444.com. But I will tell you that I, of course, removed Rashad White and Jalen Warren from the contingency top 10, seeing as they are no longer contingency options. They're actually providing value that we can start weekly and instead slid up the rankings. Dontrell Hilliard, since Derrick Henry has subtly played less than 60% of the snaps in Tennessee's last two games, averaging 21 and a half touches in that stint, compared to averaging at least 30 touches in three games prior. And then, of course, after those three games, being listed on the injury report with a foot injury. Thus, I think we should keep in mind Dunter Hilliard more than ever right now. Matt Breida, especially given that Saquon Barkley, a player with a history of injuries, is coming off a career-high 36 carries. And then Keontae Ingram moved up to contingency top 10 as well, given that Eno Benjamin cut from the Cardinals. And although James Conner handled a season-high in backfield touches, every touch except one, this past week, Ingram is now the sole player behind him, who, if Conner were injured from this large role, which he's been injured in the past already this year, then Ingram would scoop up those touches. The rest of the contingency top 10 and the waiver wire column, of course, is at 4 for four We will be back on Wednesday for our week 11 preview show live at 1 p.m. Eastern. Until then, you know, be a little bit kinder than what's required. We'll see you then.